story, this uh, place really of where I've been, not because um, it's really been all that bad, just because I want to be transparent with you that that's the place I'm coming from as I approach the scripture and as I, as I go into Holy Week this week. That's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a place of, you know, God, I'm not sure what my next step is. I'm not sure what anyone's next step is right now. But God, this is who you created. I'm up for the ride. I can't steer right now. So use me at thy will, O God, but don't expect me to know what that will is. First, some, a little background as I was thinking about, how did I end up here? I started Lent on Ash Wednesday at a noon service just down the street at St. Joseph's Catholic. And as I sat there, just me and myself, oh, well, and the people of God there, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't me and the priest. Oh my gosh, that would be a little weird. Uh, as I sat there, I was kind of struck by the reading of the psalm that morning and the liturgy and the priest's homily. He spoke about God's covenant with us. Okay, so far so good, I was comfortable. But then came the priest's main point, where he reminded us that a covenant is a two-way thing. You see, a promise goes from one person to another. But a covenant, and that's what we have with God, a covenant is a two-way agreement. Pastor Mark and I will always talk about our baptismal covenant, right? And a covenant, even though we describe it sometimes as a promise, it's more than that. It's different than that. It's a two-way agreement. It's an agreement with two parties where each party holds up their end. They hold their stuff, right, in tension with that other party. And that Ash Wednesday, the priest went so far as to say, and I agree that a covenant is where each party depends on the other to engage in the agreement, right? To commit to one another, to try. And then to hold one another accountable, right? So the priest, as I'm sitting there, was all God's covenant with us. And I will admit, I tuned out a little bit because I thought, well, I've sort of preached that sermon before and I, I know this, you know. I don't need to hear that covenant thing again. But then the priest, and I think this is where that lucky charm thing came at me. I think that's where it started. The priest said this. How are you holding up your end of your covenant with God? And I'm telling you, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but the priest was looking right at me. <laughs> he was looking right at me when he said that. And I was sitting there like, Okay, now I'm paying attention. Because, you know, that's it, isn't it? That's the question before us as disciples of Christ. How are we tending to our covenantal relationship with God? And how are we, not just God, how are we keeping up our end of the agreement? Right? And there it was. Bam, there was my wake-up Lenten call. <laughs> and our... Yeah, now it's working. Oh, John, I love you. Thank you. Yes, this was, the, yeah, that was me right there. Boom. How am I keeping up my covenantal agreement with God? So it's Palm Sunday. 
It's a time of immense celebration and joy as we gather together just like we're doing and we remember that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and together we cry out, Hosanna, oh God, save us. But there's more to this celebration, O oh church. Yet first we do have verses 1 through 9 where there's a procession and a really party-like atmosphere is described. But then we get to verse 10. And this, even I did this, we sort of brush past it because it comes past the big procession with the palms. And we've heard it many times, some of us. But verse 10 is this. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And right there in the Gospel of Mark, the shortest, most direct gospel that gives us few answers is, I think, the answer to the question I've been struggling with since Ash Wednesday when that priest painted that ash cross on my head and those words pierced my little heart. Melinda, how are you holding up your end of this covenant with God? And I've been hit by that question these past weeks of Lent. And I say to you before you this morning that feels like over these weeks, truthfully, I haven't kept up my end. I haven't done the work that God has invited me to do. So there you go, church and God. I haven't holed up every time, all the time, my end of the bargain. I'm tired, I'm sad for the people of God, and I'm shaken deeply by the events in our world. I'm confused, and I feel a little bit like, now this may sound a little weird, but it feels like I'm living in jello. I'm kind of just here. When it comes down to it, I guess I don't know where I'm going, and I'm a little too tired to steer. And then I read and I reread Mark 11:10. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And it came to me slowly over and over again. Maybe that's why Lent feels endless. Maybe God doesn't need us to have it all together. Church of Los Altos, have you heard that? God does not need us to have it all together. God doesn't need us to know where we are headed all the time. Or for me, most of the time. God doesn't need us to be at that steering wheel controlling every moment. God needs us to try. God needs us to work to be engaged in our covenantal relationship with God because that is how we and everyone else will and does experience the blessed coming kingdom. God needs us to prepare our hearts, our lives, our communities for the coming kingdom. God needs us to keep holding up our end of the covenant that we have with God. Well done again, John. So, here's a little bit, if you're church or scripture nerds, like me. I also just think this is cool, so I thought you would like this. So that word kingdom in verse 10 that we see, the ancient Greek for it is basileia. There's actually churches called basileia. There's one in LA called Basileia Church. Basileia means kingdom or dominion. 
And that's what the author of Mark is talking about here, the coming Basileia, the coming kingdom, right? The other Gospels talk specifically about Basileus, which is Jesus is the king, Jesus is the leader. But Mark, the Gospel of Mark, talks about the kingdom. And this is where I'm focused today, because this is an important distinction that we have. And it separates it from the other three Gospels. In the Gospel of Mark, the author describes the crowd praising the coming kingdom, the Basileia, and not Basileus, the king. It's a focus on the kingdom. The author of Mark comes from a different place with the Palm Sunday passage and talks about this coming kingdom and focuses on the coming experience that we have when we live out our call as God's people. And that when we follow the ways of Jesus, Hosanna, salvation happens. It is through Jesus and the way that Jesus teaches us that we are saved and creation is redeemed. In Mark, it is not about the King Jesus, the person who who we name as King and we cry out. It is about the kingdom that Jesus brings to us and gives us place in and entry into with his way in his life. Indeed, blessed is the coming kingdom. So this past week, while I didn't have a grip on the steering wheel and I kind of roamed from one thing to the next... This is what I did. This is how I professed and I tried to live into the coming kingdom that Jesus modeled for us. It's not glamorous. It's just me. And I'm going to share this with you because I would like you, church, to think through this past week, even just take one day as you sit here this morning, and think through how have you walked in your covenant with God? How have you helped the kingdom be real? How, what have you done at work, in your school, in your home, in your car ride? How have you followed Jesus and helped to bring this kingdom in? Me, a couple things. I showed up at the city council at Los Alamitos And I spoke against an ordinance I feel strongly about, and it was painful and ugly, and I would not invite any of you to have that experience, but I was there. I led the inn on Wednesday, and we told the Palm Sunday story in a fun, crazy, joyful, music-filled way, and we invited guests in. We got to share our story and help people find their place in God's story. I confirmed we had a donkey for today. I led my Girl Scout, uh, my daughter's Girl Scout troop in a, um, a, uh, working with stereotypes, and we talked about stereotypes. And with many of our youth, we walked out on a national walkout day, right? And yesterday, with you, the church, we went and we marched for our lives in Long Beach. And Jordan Smith knows I obsessed a lot about today. If any of you have been around me, I'm like going like a mile a minute. Because I really was excited about today and the details and you being with you. I baked a cake. I prayed for you. I prayed for our students and our church in mourning. And I lived in Jello for the week. 
And this is what I found. Yes. Now, you all, any of we've got any, some longtime Methodists, you've got to recognize that jello salad, right? Yeah. But that's what it's kind of felt like for me, just like, mm-hmm. So I don't have a concrete answer on what my next step is. And I don't know some days if I can even help Pastor Mark lead the church to our next step. But I do know and believe that I'm holding up my end of the covenant with God because I trust that my walk and my life In that, I'm working with God, and I'm walking with God, and I'm inviting you, church, to walk with God too. And together, we're going to bring that kingdom here, now, Basileia. That's what Jesus is about, and that's why we're celebrating. Because Jesus' ways and love and compassion and empathy for the world brings a kingdom for all people, brings peace and love and justice to a world that's deeply hurting. Some days more than others, right, friends? Some days more than others, and in some ways better than others. Sometimes we make poor choices that we think was the right choice to bring the coming kingdom, and then we learn by listening to one another that wasn't the choice. As we continue our week together, we journey to the cross. I believe that God would like us to see and sit in God's ancient and eternal yearning for us to trust in God's work among us and to live into that trust. The kingdom, the basileia that Jesus brought and is working with us to bring in, to welcome in, to usher in. That is brought in, that is ushered in when we walk and we respond and we try and we show up And continue this covenantal agreement, this arrangement, this beautiful covenant we have with God. And when we do that, God's way of peace and love and justice will be for all people. And that is our story. That is our Palm Sunday story. And we need all of you, every one of you. God needs us all to bring that kingdom, to bring that kingdom to reality. And I would love, we don't have time, but I would love to hear about your week. I would. I want to hear from the people in the church how you are walking with God and how together we're bringing this covenantal agreement to fruition, this kingdom to fruition. Amen. Offering. And now we're going to continue that covenantal agreement I would invite the church to prepare our offerings. This is also a great time to make sure we know that uh, you're here with the attendance pad, the band is going to come up. Our offerings go to support the many ministries of this church, to support the worldwide church, and the incredible, incredible outreach that this church is doing as we together work to bring the blessed kingdom to Long Beach and the world. Let us prepare our offerings. This was over here. <laughs> <laughs>